0: Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me uh, explain it to you. First, it's free, and that's the best news of all. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It's really easy. If I can do it, anybody can. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, too, and that's good news. You don't have to do it yourself, and it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast. No minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app. Go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to my podcast number two. It's a weekly look at various topics from pop culture, politics, local happenings from Missouri's boot bootheel sports, some music and personal musings of very little importance to anybody, uh, maybe even myself. I'm Steve Patton. Glad you're listening to us from uh, whatever platform you are using. Of course, you can go to Anchor's website. You can go to Spotify, Google Podcasts and uh, Apple Podcasts, much more to hear my podcast. We'll uh, be doing this weekly for a while. Who knows if, you know, thing catches on even a little bit. We may do it a couple of times a week. I can't believe I'm doing this for the second time in a row, but we're going to start things off with the Royals, not the Kansas City Royals either, but, uh, you know, Harry and all of his, uh, friends, it's goodbye to Royal Highnesses. Hello, life is almost ordinary civilians. You've heard about this uh, this week. Prince Harry and O'Megan will no longer use the titles Royal Highness. And they're not going to get res- public funds for their work under a deal that uh, was announced earlier this week. You know, it's not quite the arrangement that uh, they anticipated 10 days ago, I don't think. When they stunned Britain with that abrupt announcement, you know, that they uh, wanted to step down. They said they planned to combine royal duties. That was their original plan. And then, you know, work in a progressive plan that's no longer on the table. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Harry and Meghan will no longer use the titles His Royal Highness or Her Royal Highness, but will retain them, leaving the possibility to come back. And I have a feeling... They will at some point. They're not going to like this private life stuff. They will be known as Harry, Duke of Sussex, and Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. All right, and Harry is still, what, sixth in line to the royal throne? I'm still not losing any kind of sleep over the uh, royals leaving one way or another, but, you know, what are you going to do? You lose your title. Hey, you don't want to do the work? And let's put the word work in quotation marks shall we does any royal really work i don't think so but uh we'll see how they do in canada they're still going to you know harry says that the reason he's got to leave is the press you know and all the pressure they put on them not they're going to still get pressure they're still not i mean they're not moving to you know the north pole There's press in Canada, and they're going to follow them around the rest of their lives. Good grief. Ah, A bunch of whining over. Harry's a whiner. It's obvious. You can look at the dude. He's a whiner. Well, enough of that. We'll move on. But we'll keep you updated on the Royals. And we may laugh at them more than one time here on my podcast. Well, some sports here and our sports section. will start with the, the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are the AFC champion. I appreciate it. Baby. I'll tell
1: you what. It's been seven years coming, baby. I learned one thing since I've been here. You got to fight for your right to party!
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's Travis Kelsey with my new mantra in life. <laughs> and what about the Chiefs? I think they're the only team in history to be down double digits, two games in a row in the playoffs, and win by double digits. Is that is that how it goes? I think that's how it went, and they took care of business against the uh, Tennessee Titans. And, you know, I, I don't know, when they were down, what, 17-7, seven, whatever it was, I was not worried at all because they'd come back from such a large deficit the week before. But again, just like I said last week, when you've got the best player on the field, and that is certainly uh, Patrick Mahomes, there's no use to worry about it too much. Andy Reid has uh, set Twitter on fire for what he said uh, the next day when he said, you know, know, he didn't do any part in like Travis Kelsey (laughs) and probably most of the team. He said he went home, had a cheeseburger, and went to bed. But that sounds exactly like Andy Reid. The Andy Reid curse didn't hit the Chiefs on Sunday, and I'm glad. And it's their first Super Bowl in 50 years. And I remember as a kid watching them defeat the uh, Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl Four. Super Bowl's in a couple weeks, and uh, they'll be playing in Miami against the San Francisco 49ers. And last time I looked, they're still running on the Green Bay Packers. Some running back I never heard of had... You know, even I could run through the holes that the offensive line was uh, working on the Green Bay Packers. Man, they had they had holes as big as Texas. And whoever, whatever that guy's name is, I, I still can't remember his name. He would just fly through them, and he would just go untouched. And the 49ers had, oh, about 5,000 yards untouched. We said that Aaron Rodgers was going to have to be Aaron Rodgers, and he just wasn't and uh, the Packers lost to the 49ers. So it's the Chiefs, and it is the 49ers, and we will talk more about the Super Bowl and make a prediction next week. Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Derek Jeter was not a unanimous choice, and I've heard all day uh, this is being recorded on a Wednesday, just after the Hall of Fame was announced on Tuesday. And let me tell you, you so what? He was not unanimous. He's still a first-ballot Hall of Famer. And they don't have the vote totals on the plaques anyway. Uh, Jeter, I will say this. I'm going to say two things in this podcast that might be controversial. Number one, Garth Brooks can't sing. Garth Brooks cannot sing. He's got some good songs. I'm not denying that. But Garth Brooks can't sing. That's the first thing. Derek Jeter's overrated. If he'd been playing with the Minnesota Twins and he had 3,000 hits, he would still go in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, we wouldn't be just going crazy over Derek Jeter. He played with the Yankees, and that's the reason we talk about Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter deserves to be a first-round Hall of Famer. There's no question about that, but he wasn't even the best shortstop on his team. A-Rod was. A-Rod was born a better player than Derek Jeter, and you may not like A-Rod, and I'm not a big fan of A-Rod either, but he's still a better player than Derek Jeter, and Jeter's going to the Hall of Fame. Good for him. Now, Larry Walker An interesting pick. I love Larry Walker. He's always been one of my favorite players, and of course, the last two years he played with the Cardinals. That makes it even uh, better for me, as far as I'm concerned. But Larry Walker, you know, you wonder, you know, if he's a Hall of Famer or not. He's one of those borderline guys that they talk about all the time. For example, Don Mattingly, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Man, his—you look at look up his stats and compare them to Larry Walker, and let's just look at hits. Walker had 2,160 hits. Mattingly 2,153. I don't think Mattingly's ever going to get in, but Larry Walker is, and I'm glad, and I'm not. I don't have any kind of problem uh, with that. Of course, Bonds and Clemens uh, didn't get in. About 60% of the vote. There, I don't think they're ever going to get in, and I keep saying put in Pete Rose for goodness sake. Last Saturday, I got to attend the Cardinal Caravan. You know, that's uh, when they gather up Cardinal players and both minor leaguers and major leaguers, and they place them in front of the fans and they sign autographs and take questions. It's a big deal. And it kind of gets everybody fired up for the season. And most teams do something like that. And the Cardinals, uh, they're a regional team, so they, they carry this caravan all over the place. And I went to one in West Tennessee on Saturday and it was a good time. It's the first time I'd ever been to one and always wanted to go. And the star of the show was Jack Flaherty, you know, the Cardinal ace. And uh, there was, boy, he got, he got the biggest rounds of applause and he got most questions. And uh, when I interviewed Flaherty, I didn't realize how tall he is. You see him on TV and you know, you know, he's a, he's a major league player. So he's an athlete and he looked athletic, of course, but man, he's a tall dude. I was looking up to Jack Flaherty and, uh, I asked him about the 2020 Cardinals.
1: Uh, exciting. You know, we uh, we got a good group of guys, um, you know, bringing key key guys back. And, you know, it's just about making little adjustments here and there, little improvements. But, uh, you know, as long as we go out and play our game, we'll, we'll, the rest of it will take care of itself.
0: Well, I uh, think the Cardinals have a, a good shot at winning the Central again. But after s- – ozuna signing with atlanta and we still don't have a cleanup hitter i worry about the redbirds in the long run we'll talk more about the cardinals a little bit later on but the the uh, cardinal caravan was a lot of fun I, I really enjoyed it and yeah it got me fired up for the uh, season and man spring training is right around the corner now i would love to go to jupiter florida let me tell you i went to jupiter florida several years ago not during the baseball spring training season but uh, that's the closest place to paradise i've ever been to in my life and I know you've probably been to bigger and better places, but uh, man, not me. Jupiter, Florida is awesome. And I'd love to go there, but I, there's no way I could afford to live there. I looked into it one time, and that was a few years ago. I know it's got to be worse now. Well, our movie section today, uh, let's talk about 1917 a little bit. I finally got to see that, went on MLK a Day to see 1917. And, you know, I didn't have uh, anything to do that afternoon, so that was a good. Uh, time to go, but also it's also it's free popcorn day at the theater that I attend, so that was awesome. 1917 is uh, well worth your time and effort. Uh, to me, the theme of the movie is uh, what one does who is intent on doing his duty. This kid, who's the star of the show and the focus of the movie, has orders. He intends to carry them out no matter the obstacles, and man, does he have obstacles? It is a very good movie. It is up for uh, movie of the year, of course, in uh, the Oscars. It's won some Golden Globes and some other things. And it's well worth your time and effort. I'm not going to give it away at all other than to say that it, uh, it makes you feel good. I mean, it's, World War I was a terrible time. My goodness. War that ends all wars. And, you could, and, and they bring that out in a way, in a really a pretty powerful way, uh, in the movie. But uh, this kid's commitment to duty and to his friend uh, is, uh, I think, uh, a lesson that we can all learn. All right, 1917, you need to watch that. Well, I I got to thinking about some of my favorite movies, and we talked about uh, Bogey last week and one of my greatest actors of all time and one of my favorites. But I I wanted to talk today about one of my favorite movies, and that is The Unforgiven. You know, the Western, 1992, and we're talking about the Clint Eastwood. And it was Best Picture, by the way, of 1992. And I think Clint won Best Director of the Oscar for Best Director. Gene Hackman won a Be- an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. But Morgan Freeman was in the movie. He played Ned. Uh, by the way, um, Al Pacino won the Oscar that year for Best Actor for-, Actor for Scent of a Woman. I don't even remember that movie you may, but I, I don't even remember that movie. Clint should have won the Oscar for Best Actor for The Unforgiven. But what, what I wanted to do, I, my brothers and I for years have quoted great lines from The Unforgiven, and I wanted to share what I got five of them here, and no particular order. Actually, uh, I tried to go in order kind of where they are in the movie, but here are the five great quotes from The Unforgiven. Are you ready? The first one, uh, it starts with the Schofield kid who's blind, you know, brags a lot, but really hasn't ever done anything in his life. And he kills this guy, uh, his first time he'd ever killed a guy, and he he's talking to William Money, who is Clint Eastwood, and he says, yeah, well, I guess they had it coming, and money says we all have it coming kid ain't that the truth we've all got it coming what a great quote but that's not the only one he also tells the Schofield kid uh, does bill money it's a hell of a thing killing a man you take away all he's got and all he's ever gonna have wow he's just deadpanning that man it's a hell of a thing killing a man Ain't that the truth? Now, when he goes into, you know, the last scene when he's when he go after his buddy Ned's been killed, and Ned's got a sign on him. And Clint, Bill Money, or William Money, uh rides past the body of Ned and he goes into the saloon and and there, of course, is Sheriff Little Bill Daggett, played by Gene Hackman and all his cronies. And you know, he tells, little Bill tells him, you know, you're the Will Money, that murderer, scoundrel, whatever. And here's what Will says. He says, I've killed women and children. I've killed everything that walks or crawls at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you, little Bill, for what you done to Ned. Oh, man, you could hear a pin drop then. <laughs> and then when Bill Money shoots the owner of the saloon, Little Bill says, "You just shot an unmar- un- un- uh, you just shot an unarmed man." And Money says, well, he should have armed himself if he was going to decorate his saloon with my friend. Great. Awesome. Oh man. And then of course, after money shoots Little Bill and he's still not dead, but just before he finally kills him. Little Bill says, I don't deserve this to die like this. I was building a house. And Bill Money's famous line, deserves got nothing to do with it. And ain't that the truth? Deserves got nothing to do with it. Man, what a great movie. And that's not the only great, those are not the only great lines in that movie. My gosh. I I watch at least once a year. The Unforgiven, and I watched it during the holidays, again, what a great film, 1992, best picture, they should re-release it, it's better than anything they got out now, that's for sure. Well, I told you that I was going to try to say some things from time to time about local stuff, but there's no local stuff going on, I went to the city council meeting in our boot heel, our little town here in the boot heel, Kennett, uh, this week, and they didn't do anything really important, so... There's nothing I can complain about so I guess, you know, they're pretty boring most of the time and and that was true. The mayor wasn't there. Our mayor you know livens things up and when he's not there it's kind of a boring kind of a boring meeting and that certainly was the case uh this week. We're going to play some songs once in a while here on the show and I've got a good one for you tonight. And uh it is by van morrison who's one of my favorites of all time and van did this song uh, mama told me there'd be days like this and i i've had those I, i've had i've been that song i can see something i can really relate to <laughs> over the last uh week or so but let's listen to this great song When no one's in a hurry
1: There'll be days like this When you don't get betrayed By that old Judas kiss Oh, my mama told me There'll be days like this When you don't need an answer There'll be days like this When you don't need a chance There'll be days like this when all the parts of the puzzle start to look like they fit in, then I must remember there'll be days like this Playing tricks. Eh? When you don't have no freeloaders, I got to get that kicks. Eh? Well, that's nobody's business. The way that you wanna live, I just have to remember there'll be days like this. When no one steps on my dreams. There'll be days like this when people understand what I mean. There'll be days like this. When you ring out the changes, i how everything is. Well, my mama told me yeah, there'll be days like this. Be days like this. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like this. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like this. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like
0: this. Okay, I've got uh, a final little deal for you, and this is a sort of an ethics uh, quiz. I'm going to read the story, and then we'll ask the question. The footstool did not feel right. That's what happens when someone stashes $43,170 inside and apparently forgets about it. Uh, The money was discovered inside a footstool that was donated to a Michigan resale shop. Howard Kirby bought the piece and other furniture for $70 after Christmas, and he was stunned when his daughter-in-law unzipped the cushion and shouted, After the shock wore off, he began the extraordinary step of returning the money to the former owners. The footstool was part of a living room set donated to a Habitat for Humanity store by Kim Fouth Newberry and her husband. The furniture belonged to her grandfather, Philip, who died in July. And she said her grandfather was a frugal man who always paid in cash even $9,000 for a new roof. The newly discovered money was separated with paper clips and topped with handwritten notes. And I think the cushion was uncomfortable or something, and they decided they would look inside it, and inside $43,170, and Howard Kirby said, I'm going to do what I can to get the money back to the owners, and that's exactly what he did. My question to you is, if you found... $43,170 inside a cushion of a couch you bought from a Habitat from Humanity or Goodwill or wherever you got it, would you give it back? Second question, even if you gave it back, would you take a cut of it? They don't know how much is in there anyway. Might keep a few thousand. What if you gave them back $38,500? That'd be fair, wouldn't it? I don't. I'd like to think, I do, I do. I like to think that I would give all the money back. I just don't know if I would do it or not. Can I just be honest with you? Maybe I would give half of it back. They don't know. Yeah, well, like my mama said, my grandmother too, God would know <laughs> Uh, those words would always send you know a chill down the spine of my mother's children. God would know. Well, he certainly would. But what would you do? That's a good one. Well, that's for sure. Well, I think we're done for this week. Thanks for listening to my podcast. We will be back on the next week. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll give you a prediction. And we'll probably uh, complain about several other things. As the, the podcast moves on, and maybe have a tune for you too. Have a great week. Talk to you again on my podcast. I'm Steve Patton.